as ever, I can tell you that. Right. We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, well I don't get it. I got a day cold. It's no good! He missed it. it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 26 of the Soda City Sit-Down Podcast. It has been another big week for the podcast. It has been a big week for just uh, the entirety of the world. Uh, we are recording right now on July 1st. We have made it halfway through this hell of a year. Halfway through a hell of a year. So uh, we only have six more months to go until we hit 2021. Uh, not that that means anything because the coronavirus can keep on plowing through that, but we'll just keep optimism. We're halfway through. We're just going to ignore that. Year. Yeah, um, it's July 1st. It is Bobby Bonilla Day, Marino. Happy Bobby how, Bonilla Day, Mets fans. Woo. How have you celebrated Congratulations. Bobby Bonilla Day? Congratulations. Yep. Uh, I, I celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day every year the same way, being absolutely morbidly depressed. <laughs> and wishing you had that $1.1 million. Absolutely. Every year I wish I had the life of Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> Dude, that'd be the best life. Of all time. So, so what's our what's our weekly updates for this week? What's uh what have we been we've been doing? We got a thousand followers. Hey, big one zero zero zero. And and so, for that we've got uh an intro that uh that we had made up for that as a little special special thing for getting a thousand followers. So you guys heard that at the beginning here. It's new to so, us. Yeah, big shout out to to Matt for getting that thrown together. Uh with some DJ great audio over here. DJ Matt Cat, actually, is my name. Yikes, that's awful. Might want to change I that one. Matty Matt is, sounds a lot better. It's, kind of like <laughs> Matty, it's like Maki Mock, but like... Oh, no, please, no. That's <laughs> so, why you guys don't don't get put in charge of things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, a big week, big week. Uh, one thing I've noticed, uh, we've, we've got 1,000 followers on Twitter, but only like 260 on Instagram. So, I mean... Seven hundred. We have that many on Instagram. I think so. I'm going to go ahead and guess that's due to the quality of content we post on each. Well, I'm just saying we got about seven hundred and fifty y'all. That I don't know what y'all got going on. Y'all need to need to figure yourselves out and head over to Instagram and hit us with that follow button. Uh, Instagram. We are at the SC Sit Down for each. So I mean, just. You follow us on Twitter. You know what the handle is. It's the same handle on Twitter. Copy and paste. Instagram. <laughs> Copy and paste. Boom. I mean, shoot. You could just type follow. in the Soda City sit down on the Google, and pretty much all of our stuff is right there. Yeah. And then, you know, looking at our numbers, I mean, we have a 1,000 followers, but we don't have a 1,000 listeners. That's crazy. So, I mean, come on, y'all. If you're listening, boom. <laughs> same thing. Copy, paste. Head over to iTunes or to Apple Listen Podcast. to it twice. We know Spotify. we're worth listening to two times. Listen to it all week long. Listen to it on your way to work Let's on Monday. Do it on the way back. On your way back home from work <laughs> on Thursday. Listen to it every single way. This world is changing. So much could be different. If you've got friends. Yeah. It, if everyone just listened yeah. to this podcast, we'd be in a better place in this world. Yeah, we would be in a better place. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes, we'd be like Bobby Bonilla getting one point something million dollars. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tyler uses it to put his his baby to sleep every night. So I mean, I'm pretty sure it's dude. That's not good appetite. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> Listen to the Soda City sit down. It'll put you to sleep. Listen to this podcast. It'll put you to sleep. Woo! Number one on iTunes. Hey. <laughs> we're we're a sleep podcast. We're like a ASMR podcast now. As long as we get the lesson, like ASMR uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, God, true. Just get endorsements, right? Yeah. The Soda City Sit Down, sponsored by Babies Jeez. R Us, the now bankrupt <laughs> company. <laughs> hey, they're coming back slowly but surely. They got two in the U.S. now. Wow. Any Four, other uh, newsworthy things we want to talk about before we get into our first topic? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Do we have anything else? Yeah, so I think uh, I think we'll just head right in. Uh, we're going to continue our little series we've got going on uh, of breaking down position groups, South Carolina football for allegedly the next season. And uh, um, so if there is a 2020 football season, we're going to talk about how our 2020 running backs are going to look. So yeah, um, South Carolina's running back room this, this upcoming fall. 
obviously uh, a bunch of big losses, notably uh, four. It was four seniors from last year, right? Just to be sure on that. Four? Uh, I think. I don't know. I Let's see. Like... Uh, we had A.J. Turner, Rico Dowdle, Tavian Feaster, and um, Bowling Mon Ball Mon Denson. There you go. Uh... Four seniors. So – uh, definitely looking forward to see what this new running back room has. Um, just to kind of go over some of what we've got returning. Benwick, who didn't play a whole lot this past year. Um, he had one really good game late in the season. Um, let's see. We, we had have the return of Her Kevin Harris, who uh, premiered a good bit as our goal lineback. Uh, did a lot of impressive things. Had like the greatest PFF rating of all time um, in that one game earlier in the season. Um, and then, of course, the yeah, the Charles and Southern, Southern game. game. And then, of course, we have the legendary Marshawn Lloyd, who will make his debut this year for Carolina. <laughs> um, super excited to see him. Um, Marshawn Lloyd, I've heard talks about him being a 40 carry back just straight off the rip, which sounds a lot like the 2010 Marcus Lattimore. So uh, a really tough comparison, but definitely something we're looking forward to seeing. Um, so let's see. First question I have for us is, assuming Lloyd is the starter, what situations will we see Fenwick and Harris come into the game? You know, I, 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 I think that the I – mean, I hope that the hype for Lloyd is going to, gonna, you know, come together. And, you know, he looks great on film. Of course, that's only in, um, in the, uh, I guess, in high school game. So you never know how that's exactly going to translate. But all the signs point up. But, man, I really don't think – like, with all the hype for Lloyd, I, I'm high on Kevin Harris. I really think that he's got a special talent as well. Um, and, you know, with with everything that Lloyd can bring to the table, you know, he might be a 40 carry back right out the gun. But I don't know. I feel like you're going to have to give Kevin Harris some touches. I think, you know, a lot of what we saw last year, uh, it's just I really liked what, what I saw. I think Kevin Harris could be like I, I, a really good compliment to Lloyd just because Harris is that bowling ball back. You know, when you give Harris the ball, he's going to blow yeah. through whoever's in front of him and – Probably going to score a lot of touchdowns just because I, I could see us really digging in with that uh, new Bobo offense. Uh, we'll we'll see what we what we get with, out of that. Um, go ahead. Anybody else have any other opinions on that? I just uh, want to ask Tyler what he what you saw that impressed you because literally he played in like uh, one Harris. Yeah, of of Kevin Harris and like so he played in like that one Charleston Southern game where he popped off, but like you know it, it was Charleston Southern. And it, and he had like ten carries yeah, in it. it Some respect, man. It was yeah, but it was still like it was his first like real game, you know, being a freshman. So I mean, I, I think that you know, I mean, if if you're gonna, go, I mean, it's like yeah, it was Charleston Southern, but like, would you rather him gone like forty yards on the same amount of carries? Yeah, but Charleston I'm just saying Southern? that like so, I, mean, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of hype for Charleston Southern performance. I mean, so it's like not to yeah, deny I mean, that his performance there was really good, but I'm just saying like the sample size on him is so incredibly small that like it is very small. And if you consider his injury that took him out for yeah, about half the season, he had his, his, yeah. Oh, that sounds like it's <laughs> actually really it's pretty awful. Oh my God. I mean, you cannot move your legs like that. It's terrible. That and like a hip flexor injury are two of the worst ones because you always mm -hmm. aggravate it. Absolutely. When I I remember seeing that headline come across that like Kevin Harris is out. I think I was listening to the press conference, like the Tuesday press conference from Coach Muschamp, and he's like, "Well, Kevin Harris is probably out for the year uh, with a torn pubic muscle." Or he basically described it as like the bone, yeah. or like the muscle like pour off. Sounds of the horrific. Bone. I was like, "That's what happens in a tear." Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like I just I just want to lay in bed and not move for the rest. Well, of my I life. think like so, I so, so the the, the names coming ahead. out here. You know, obviously Harris and Fenwick are the two kind of the bigger names coming back that uh, are projected to do things outside of Lloyd. I think 
they're the only name. Well, no, we got some back. other. I guess it's <laughs> right? true because we got a transfer and then we got another true freshman. I think. Um, but uh, Fenwick, I think, is probably going to have a good start to the season. He's probably going to be utilized more than I would say Harris is um, along tandem with Lloyd, just because for Bobo's style of run game, I think he fits really well in that. Uh, he's at least he's had more experience, I guess, or more carries than Harris has. Uh, he has like two or three hundred yard games for like his two seasons. So I mean, it's not. Not super impressive, but in terms of returning guys, I mean, that's about as good as we got. Um, he's really good with his feet and everything. Um, he's got good vision. So it's just hopefully, you know, he can really uh, improve a lot this year with the the new offense. But again, I think he'll, he'll be able to plug in a lot easier to Bobo's style of offense quickly. Um, and then hopefully by the time other guys can catch up again, we got our um, transfer and other freshmen. They get some more experience. They get more time. Give Lloyd some some breathing room when you have another guy that knows that knows the uh, offense well enough. Uh, you know, I think we'll see where it goes from there, but I see him being a, a good surprise. We definitely have a lot of really young and talented running backs. Uh, but, you know, because they're young, they don't have a lot of experience and, you know, it is running back. So it's not like the biggest deal other than, you know, like size. Usually you just get a lot bigger when, you know, you get to college and get the college weight, weight room uh but hopefully so hopefully that's not a problem and you know lloyd comes in and is just instantly a beast but you know there is a possibility that he doesn't so do we want to just run through some of the other guys names just so that way we can kind of explain everyone else besides those three as well because we've got we got prentice coming from the transfer from colorado state with bobo um and then we got Saquandre White, who's the number one Juco running back coming out of, uh, well, he played at Florida State for a little bit and then changed the linebacker there uh, and then was at Iowa Western Community College. So uh, some interesting things. I actually don't know how old Zaquandre White is, but it seems like he's been around the the college football spectrum for a little bit. Yeah, his recruitment was an interesting process. I think he is also, again, another talented running back that we we really – he, he could make an impact as well. I haven't heard a lot about him because I know he didn't get into the uh, system till late just with the late Juco stuff. But uh, somebody I, I, I think once the season gets close enough, we'll, we'll hear about how productive he might be. Um, but outside of that, with, with Fenwick and with Harris, we saw some flashes from them last year. But I think the biggest question mark going into the season is how, how do you go and replace four senior running backs that that's a tough tough situation there now i get it that there is a certain aspect to it with with feaster he only played one year with turner he wasn't even really a running back by the end with denson he was pretty one-dimensional and with dowdle it it really took until that last year so in that regard you know you can say they're all seniors but they also did kind of not necessarily have an a an outlined role with with the team until last year. So while we'll have to replace a lot, I say Dowdle was like only yeah. until his senior year. I mean, that's kind of unfair to him, but that's when I mean, he, I that's when he came into a, his own though. Like he, he, he'd been underperforming and had some injuries throughout. And I think, I think he, he really did figure it out towards most of the beginning of his last year. But I, that's, that's where the young and talented guys come in. I think, they they have a little bit of experience under their belt. We've got what should be, and who knows, because, again, he's going to be a true freshman. But that leads into my next question of what are we going to get with Lloyd? Is he going to be a workhorse back? Is he going to be a 40 carries a night kind of back? What what are we what are we going to see with uh, Lloyd here? And my thing is we never really have that one running back who manages – like just the, the style of offense that we play – no matter if they're doing great or not, we always seem to just alternate out running backs constantly. You know, I don't know if that's something that you know Bobo and Muschamp have maybe talked about and said, "Hey, we you know maybe we might want to focus on who's hot or really have like a lead back for this game." I know that you know in the past we've kind of really had a you know rotating door at running back, and whoever's kind of being steady or whatever whatever might be best for that certain game plan has been in. So I am kind of interested to see if we do have more of a game plan of let's keep that certain running back in or if we're just going to have a rotating door again. That's been something our offense has had. It's just a rotating door. 
Yeah, depth just, has certainly been a concern. Yeah, and I don't care what they do as oh, long yeah. as it works. I don't think that Marshawn Lloyd will power 40 carries a game for a couple reasons. One, I think that um, just him getting 40 carries a game is just like too much for him as a freshman. I agree. Um, Good point. It's just kind. Of, that's that's a lot to ask of a freshman running back, no matter how highly recruited he is. With SEC games a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's just and too punch. much. And then the other thing that I think will prevent him from getting 40 carries a game is I just don't think that we will run it 40 times in a game. I don't know if we'll be in a position to run it that much, honestly. I mean, Helensky or whoever is probably going to have to have to put the game on their shoulders at some point. So, you know, I, I would love to be able to run the ball and drown out the clock. But realistically, when do we ever have that situation? <laughs> so, you know. So what do you guys think is the biggest problem facing the team in terms of the running back talent besides just being healthy or, or having the experience? Because I know a lot of people have said that um, the short yards have been a problem for the team in the past. Uh, so in terms of like the running back, what they can do, what do you think is kind of the big issue there? I've got a I've got a solid uh, opinion on this question. I think that the big problem that we had was play calling. And I feel I like the same thing. with That's a good one. with Bobo's new system, I feel like that that will hopefully solve that issue. Now, it, that's a big if. But if Bobo's new system can get uh, implemented well, I am really looking forward to see what we can do there. Because we definitely showed flashes of being a run-first, really like run-heavy team last year. So I- I'm I'm interested yeah. to see how that'll look. Yeah, and we also didn't score a touchdown for the last how many quarters of the season? <laughs> and that's when we stopped running. <laughs> well, I think I think a big problem too is we just give up on it so easily that there were times where it was working, but they were just not. They would stick to the passing game when they didn't need to, and you know it was just. I think Matt said it best: an inexcusable play calling. It's kind of been a downfall. You know, if something's working, stick with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, also, I mean, we're talking about new faces and new offensive scheme, and we've got a new running backs coach. I mean, Des Kitchings is coming in from uh, from NC State and filling in for Coach Brown, and I, I think that it's going to be uh, very interesting. I mean, I think he's a, a highly regarded pickup. And I think it was something that um, has kind of been on people's radars for a while, and. I'm glad to see him. It, overall, though, and we got a new offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach, new running backs coach. Helinski's in his second year. You know, our quarterback room is young. Our running back room is young. We've got a young core offense. So it's going to be and you know, a new, new wide receiver coach. And, well. you know, with the coronavirus, thing, none new of these guys have really had the coach. chance to really play or practice together as much as we would like. So I know we talked about this before with yeah. the receivers and all that. You know, just have they had that time to kind of form that bond and, get that communication together where they're going to be able to kind of bring it out on the field. This is a really young core. We've got new coaches, new new players coming in. So it's just really interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, yeah, absolutely. Our I, think you, I think you've hit something there too. Cause we, we've talked many times with, with our, our quarterbacks and the wide receiver talk uh, about the experience there and just how, you know, not having this, tra- you know, the training that we would have had if it, if not for COVID is going to affect the team. But also, you know, the fact that just we have so many new positions with coaches, um, obviously new offensive coordinator is the biggest thing, but, you know, all these smaller coaches coming in at the same time, implementing their own styles and their own kind of uh, coaching ability, if that's going to mesh well together. Uh, I mean, I think it can. I think we can we can find a way to make the team mesh. I don't think there's going to be any like butting of heads or anything, but it's a lot of new coaches coming in all at once. Uh, and so at least for offense. So I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out during the season, if they can find some real cohesiveness uh, through through kind of the, the way the season goes on. I don't see that being a big problem. Um, I mean, I think uh, I think that coaching turnover is something that these guys just being in the profession are used to. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, Bobo is the offensive coordinator. So, you right. know, he's the boss. Um, so it's going to it's going to all come through them. Uh, I, I would assume that, you know, I think that I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Cox, um, the wide receivers coach, he came over from Colorado State with him. He's going to understand what Bobo's like. Um, I would assume that uh, Des Kitchings, I'm 99% sure that he was uh, hired after Bobo. So I'm sure that Bobo was involved in that interviewing and hiring process. So I think there's going to be, uh, you know, that cohesiveness and, um, and, and just that, that mesh right there already. 
And like I said, I mean, these guys are football coaches. They all have the same end goal at the end of the day. So I don't I don't see that being a problem. Well, I think, too, is having a good run game is definitely going to help Polinsky out. I mean, like I said earlier, you know, with us having a young core, if we can just have someone that's consistent and not, you know, try and switch up the running back every run play based on the scheme or whatever, um, which I think Bobo will be better at, it'll take a lot of weight off Polinsky's shoulders. Uh, you know, and that's not just with us, you know, with any kind of offense, if you have a good running game, it gives your, you know, quarterback more time to kind of develop plays and bring people up in the box and get better passing routes going. So I think that's important for us with us still having such a young quarterback, such a young core. If, you know, this can mesh well together and we can get that run game going, it should open up the pass passing game for Helensky as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it, it works really well, like uh, for LSU, when you have a, a just absolute stud as a quarterback. And, I, you know, I love Helensky, but he's not at that level. So, okay, let's not let's not compare our offense to LSU's last year. I I'm literally not. That's the point. Uh, is that we're not that. So it's like but Hilaire was like a decent running back though. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, whatever, was still decent. Like, and I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with you, Tim. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that was still like, for Burrow. You know, they had a competent, very competent first round pick running back. So I mean, that right. still helped. Burrow exactly. Get his, exactly. Um, Where it's like having that run game is is super effective, even for a guy like Burrow who can just sling the ball everywhere. And so in, in terms of our situation with Holinsky, it's like that's absolutely necessary with him. And you could see him kind of trending backwards through the season just because he had to throw so much. And he was kind of I could see him losing confidence in his footing, losing confidence in where he was putting the ball because he was having to throw so much. And it, so much of the offense was relied on his ability to make the plays happen. So. I absolutely. think that's and, and the poor play call too that Matt said as well. But yes, absolutely. You know, there were so many factors and yeah, you know, this, this is big. All right. Really so like having okay. talked a little bit about the guys we've got, talking a little bit about Bobo's system, what do we think will be the impact of Adam Prentice, who is a grad transfer fullback from Colorado State, who came in with Colin Hill, who we talked about last week. Uh, what what do we think he'll he'll be like in this system? Obviously, we haven't seen Bobo's system yet, but definitely utilizes the fullback. Uh, something Caroline hasn't really seen since uh, Patrick Demarco way back in what was that 2010 2009. So, what what do we think about Prentice? I think he could be a stud. Um, I think you know that's what I mentioned before with the short yardage has been a huge issue for the team. Um, I I just heard he's he's a real he works hard and he's really, really tough. So, uh, so I, I think, I think Bobo will easily be able to plug him in. Uh, he's used to him. So definitely he's going to be a big change. I'm excited to see what he can do. I uh, haven't really seen a system that Caroline has run with fullback in so long, but to have a guy who's been doing it and has a lot of experience and knows how to play fullback, like that's pretty exciting thing. Like you may not like notice him on every play, but I feel like to have somebody there that can be that all purpose guy can is like a big dude who can block, can be that all important like final block necessary for a guy like Lloyd or Harris to run with, um, and can also catch it out of the backfield if necessary. I think it could be really cool with this system. I think there's so many, so I think it's going to be so much different than last year, just from a play calling, from just an appearance aspect, and that's really exciting considering last year was so bad <laughs> on offense. But yeah, um, does anybody have anything else to add on this uh, running back room? Uh, no, I mean I think it's uh, I, I think it's you know, like we've said before or a hundred times already in this segment, but it's going to be young, but I think it's very promising and has the potential to really change how the offense is, especially with the new system, and really help us be better than four and eight this year. I am uh, for one very excited for this room. I could continue talking about uh, Lloyd's potential in this offense along with Bobo's system and what it could be for forever because it's the preseason it's time to sunshine pump had to get that word in there as we will for every podcast you know but uh (laughs) just moving on like like we have with every week as we've gone through the positions we have had a recruiting update every week and this week's no different as today when we're recording on Wednesday Simeon Price, a three-star athlete, has committed to Carolina, uh, someone that we project could be a wide receiver but also could be a safety or corner. And just with some of the guys we've had in the previous two weeks, uh, a bunch of athletes that sound like they have versatility to play a lot of different places on both sides of the ball. So um, I, of course, went to I went to Twitter and uh, right. put a, a nice little gif of The Rock saying the price just went up. Um, that Apparently that one's a little bit better than the Omega tweet from last week. 
I got shit for. But uh, it you was. know, you're, we're, we're, we're here for the ups and the downs, okay? I'm liking that we're getting a lot of athletes and not necessarily getting guys. Um, well, it's it's not like you you sign guys based on need, but um, you know, there's a lot of guys that can play into different areas of the team. And it's a bold strategy because, like, it it could really work out if those guys are able to play all over the field. But at the same time, if they're just not very right. good at any specific position, that's also a risk you're willing to take. So, uh, you know. It's it's tough to say. It, it could work out really well. It could not. Great point. Yeah. At this point, I'm I'm all for South Carolina experimenting with their system because <laughs> obviously it. it has not been working in the past couple of years. So. But yeah, uh, that's that's everything on uh, Carolina football for this week. But uh, is it though? Because Carolina football also means the Carolina Panthers. And guess who signed Cam Newton? Not the Carolina Panthers. Not the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Man. that uh that team from the north that i talked about last week um what's their what's their what's their names like new at, new, at at, new zealand at, new england something oh god patriots that's right that's right the team everyone hates uh i i mean what do you guys think i think i think it's better than having jerry stidham on the team but uh it, is he going to start though? They're just is trying to corner the market on Auburn quarterbacks in the NFL. Think of, think of how much time Newton has to get that system down, though. I mean, is he actually uh, going to play Week One? And as of as of today, the preseason has been cut down to two weeks only. So yeah. Cam Newton's not going to have four games to go out. I mean, I know he's experienced, but he's not experienced in that system. So he doesn't have four weeks to actually go into that system in the preseason. No, I, I think I think Cam's going to be the starter. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's the big, you know, MVP coming back, uh, you know, like him versus Jared Stidham. Like we haven't seen a lot from Jared Stidham, but like it's night and day, those two. So definitely. We brought this up last week when we talked about the Carolina quarterbacks, what would Newton have to do to, I guess, be benched for Stidham? If, you know, cause Belichick is kind of the person that's not afraid mm, to, right. or, you know, if something were to go wrong, you know, do we see that as a possibility? Lose like, three games. What would Newton have to do to kind of lose that? If he ends up being the starter, what would he have to do to lose that right? Yeah. Lose <laughs> to the Jets? Uh, no, I mean, that we they lose to us at least, you know, every other year. Every other year. No, I think the biggest problem is just going to be his in, just him staying healthy. Um, Cam is getting older. Uh, he's been through injuries before, very almost career looking like career ending injuries, especially with him, like flipping that truck out, you know, on, on that highway that one time he walked away from, right. That right. Scratch, he's had dude. back issues before where that had been pretty serious. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely not going to get easier. He's had some time off. So, you know, it's, that's, that's been a consideration that the Panthers didn't allow him to heal as much. So Cam Newton has had a, a lot of different injuries in his career, but most notably and most recently have been shoulder injuries and foot injuries. The shoulder injuries have been a constant thing through the past, uh, I'd say like four years that he can just not really get rid of. And every time where the Panthers or Cam would come and say, Oh, he's finally healthy. It would always seem to just come back up. And, this in 2019 seemed like it was finally going to be a different year. And then in a meaningless game in the preseason, he breaks his foot against the Patriots. Am I, I right? don't remember, honestly. So then his foot, it was really the issue the entire season. He seemed like he could throw and practice and everything. Although, you know, it's completely different than in game, but he just couldn't plant or anything. So he was just not going to be able to, to actually play. But, you know, the, that on top of, you know, getting new management and everything, uh, I think the Patriots made a good decision by picking him up because I think Cam is still a very talented quarterback. I think he gets a lot of undeserved hate. And uh, I, I do think it's fair to criticize a lot of things about Cam. He was, you know, an average to below average quarterback ever since 2015. He had times where he... Uh, showed his greatness in certain parts of seasons, like the the first half of 
2018 before we played the Steelers and then just when we were like six and two and then just got shit on the rest of the year and lost every single game. Oh, didn't the Steelers just... Yeah, it was a Thursday night game and they absolutely railed us and then we lost every single game the rest of the year after that. But the first half of that year, Cam actually looked really good and we're only two years past that. Cam Newton's, I think, is still a great pickup for New England. I think that Cam Newton is miles better than Didham. And I think that Cam Newton still has potential to be a very, very good quarterback. And I think he will make the Patriots much better. Does he deserve to get paid? Because yes, but there, uh, they, uh, there's been a I big mean, issue there in terms of, I think, is it Chase Daniels and another quarterback? that? Yes, are like I mean, there's like a big issue. Like, a lot more that, than him right now. Especially Richard Sherman has been bringing it up. But to be fair, Cam Newton's contract does have a lot of incentives in it. To so that if he does play well, he will get paid more than them. Right. So, it it I don't know. That's like a weird conversation about how contracts work. I just think the other quarterbacks like Chase Daniel should just get be being paid less. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Is this podcast there. agreement that Cam should start Week One, or does someone does anyone think that it should know. be Jared Stidham? So I have a kind of off-topic-ish question related to all that is I think normally he would play a decent bit in the preseason and then we would kind of know based off of that, but is preseason going to happen? I haven't heard any, any talk about it, but it seems like it'd be unnecessary. They just announced oh, okay. it. Okay. It has to be a two-week preseason. Do, do we really think that's necessary? I mean, wh- when we get to the season, I guess we'll know more on the state of the world and everything, but I, I can't imagine it, it will be – it'll be put to the forefront of everything. They think that it, there's, they also said that they are open to having less than two games. So it's very possible you have one or zero. I think, I, I kind of feel like you can need at least one of those games. Uh, just because, you know, I think at least one game does a lot. Just kind of get the people up to speed. So like when you get to like a real football, like you have a good product of, of play. And so I, I really think we'll get at least one of those games. I actually heard on the radio today just some of like just my, you know, on the way home from work listening kind of stuff. Um, apparently the way they did the schedules for preseason is like one of the weeks, like everybody that plays has the same bye week. And I guess I don't know if that's unique just to this season because of things or what, um, but it allows for like easier rescheduling of things. Um, and then also I'm just kind of talking about schedules since it was kind of brought up. Apparently like Tampa Bay has said like, like the city, not the team, that, you know, they can push back the Super Bowl if needed. Uh, so, you know, things like that, you know, things could be where we do get a, a later start to the season and still get everything in. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we had to at least get one, if not the two preseason games that are currently how it's scheduled. Yeah, I think that uh, it's going to be really interesting this year with uh, roster cuts. Because with the the lack of those preseason games, and who knows what will happen with training camp and how that will happen, uh, I, I'm interested if they'll allow for uh, bigger rosters this year. Actually, they did say that too. I don't think that's like really common that that was thrown out there. I don't think that's like big news. I did read that they are. I don't know how many spots it is. I think it's like four to six. So it's not an incredible amount, but they are going to have quite a few bit more. Uh, do, you rosters that would, do you think that would? Do you think that would help or hurt in terms of COVID? Because I feel like more people you're around, the more likely you. Well, they're already going to have so many more than that at the training camp in the first place. Is it cutting down on like like practice squad players or what? No, that's like it's uh, it's so normally you can only have a 53 man roster. But and so to get down to 53, you like they incrementally cut down from uh, from uh, like a bigger number than that. I forget. There's like a uh, a couple cuts that are you are made like in certain preseason weeks. So you start off with I I don't know if it's like unlimited players or however many you want, but then there's like a cut that you have to go down to like 80 something, and then another cut you have to go down to like 65 or something like that, and then by you know the regular season you have to go down to 54 or 53. So I remember. I, I, this is this is gonna be a slight little tangent, but I, this is something I heard that I thought was hilarious to think about. Uh, and I'd like your your opinions on it. Is that uh, for college football, there has been the theory, or there's been like an, a conspiracy that uh, teams are giving their players COVID now 
and like trying to get them to have COVID, which you can see with like Alabama has a lot of cases and Clemson has a lot of cases. So that way during the season, they don't have to go out because they have COVID then. So it's just like absolutely crazy. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard that or what you guys think about that, but I think that's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I, I heard a little bit of that on my uh, drive home radio listening as well. And yeah, I, I can't really buy into that. All right. Well, RIP to Cam Newton in a Panthers uniform. That was a long-winded top talk about that. Go ahead, Tyler. I do just want to say, and this might open up a whole other can of worms. Um, I'm I'm kind of glad he's in New England because I can officially like hate Cam Newton with the passion again. Um, I I hold grudges. <laughs> Clayton, shut up. <laughs> I'm Jared. I, I, I hold grudges, and I I'm still pissed off about the 2010 football season. Uh, him actually, well, especially him, just absolutely destroying War us in the Eagle. game. Uh, I still think that we should have won the game at Auburn in the regular season. When? Um, and uh, and, uh, in 2010, dude. This was like before Marino knew that Auburn existed. No, so. uh, oh, I was talking about 2014 when we also beat your asses in Auburn, too. Oh, no, so you I wasn't beat sure. Our There's ass. been a couple times that beat happened. our ass. Uh, we did. No. And I can't remember the last time that, that South Carolina has beat shootout. Auburn, too. That was a shootout. I think it's what like fifty to three or something is the record. I I can't remember, but no, this isn't yeah. uh, this isn't Clemson on Chapel Hill. This is South Carolina versus Auburn football. Yeah, it's, you should you should look at the record. It's pretty rough. It's probably rough, but I'm just I'm still pissed off about uh about the 2010 football yeah, season, absolutely. and because of that, I've hated Cam Newton. Uh, he's a scam. Uh, let's not forget he was kicked out of Florida. Clayton is uh, deeply offended. Never right right stealing anyway. computers. Or? She never played at Auburn anyway. Clayton can be offended because you know what? My true allegiance lies with the Carolina Gamecocks. No care about the Panthers. I've been nice to my local Panthers friends uh, for the last, uh, what, almost 10 years, but no more. No more. I am full back on the hate train. He I can't wait for the Patriots. So Cam Newton know. is a very nice But person. I also like. What a. That's fine. I mean, I still hope that the Patriots have like a better season than like the Bucks because you know my hatred is more for Tom Brady than it is for Bill Belichick. So like, I want Belichick to like get more of the credit for like everything that's happened. But like at the same time, like I just I just hate Cam Newton. So like, have a good season, sure. Damn. But like, damn. I hate and on that note, <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad I can come wow, back. Wow, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. I hope Cam that Newton beats a, the Ravens in the playoffs and eliminates you in the first wow. round. In a yeah, sense, okay. though, I think, sure. just real quick, too, and then we can finish it up, I do think that Cam is in a similar situation he was with Carolina. McCaffrey is 100 times better, but just to compare, James White is kind of that, I can throw you the ball behind the line of scrimmage and you can take it 50 yards down the field kind of running back. CMC is, so I think he's in a good situation with some dunk passes that – uh, McDaniels will likely set up, and the Patriots are a very tight end, pass heavy offense. Greg Olson was one of his favorite targets while he was in Carolina. So I think there are some things that Belichick and McDaniels can utilize that'll help him be better. They have no good receivers. But yeah, correct. They don't have any good receivers. I agree, Clayton. So I, I think there's some similarities there in that offense that Camp can be familiar with and utilize to his advantage, like he did in Carolina. Um, and if any coach can do it, it would be Belichick. So I, th- I think there are some positives that can come out of there. And much like the 2015 season, uh, the Patriots have a really good defense, much like Carolina did that year. So a good, a great defense can make a, a decent offense look really good. So well, just make- like the Carolina Panthers quit on Cam Newton, Under Armour has officially quit on Cal and UCLA. Could the Gamecocks be next? A hot topic this week in uh, Gamecock Twitter. What do we got here? What's the hot takes? I know what Tyler is going to say. Screw Under Armour. I know what Tyler is going to say. I don't think we change. No. No, I don't. I actually don't think think we're going to change. I don't think think we should, but I don't think we will. No, we're not. Under Armour is going to give us so Like, at this point, they need us. Under Armour is literally falling apart. We aren't going to leave Under Armour because if we leave Under Armour, then we're on the hook for so much money. Under Armour, for their business reasons, might leave us. I still don't think that's going to happen. How much longer is our contract with them? Oh, we just re-upped like another seven years. 2026. I think it's 2026. I guess that's six years. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a significant number of years, um, I guess. I mean, it's another recruiting you know, whole class cycle or two. Um, I I just, I mean, we've had this uh, this conversation, I guess, off camera, if you want to call it that, a good bit. I just, I just don't think that there's any real advantage to leaving Under Armour. Uh, I, I mean, I'll let everyone else kind of get their licks in, and then I'll come back in again. But I just don't see a real surefire. I guess advantage. to to that extent, like, yeah, if we leave, then where do we go? Is the question. It's just at this point, I think we're we're settling for subpar. And to 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 be fair, like we still we still do have five more years, and at this point, we will be one of Under Armour's like main clients. And to like make a big change like this is. It, it would be tough on a department, especially monetarily on a department that has absolutely upgraded all of its facilities in the last five to 10 years to a high extent. Um, and a lot of that would maybe be in jeopardy if we're trying to go for another lucrative deal with someone else. So from that perspective, I get what you're saying, but in order to, it just really like it, it was already not a great deal for us. And the fact that now it seems like Under Armour is kind of going in the tank. I don't think we're going to leave them. But if they decide to leave us, I don't necessarily think it'll be a bad a bad deal for us. I think it'll be something that like will be tough to get past originally. But when we sign with anybody else, as long as it's not Adidas, I think we'll we'll end up on the right side of things, particularly from a recruiting aspect. I mean, so when you say it's not a good deal for us, like what exactly do you mean? I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say with Under Armour is just that it, it's proven that it is not a sexy name. We, while one of your points is that we we are like one of the better ones with that contract with Under Armour, like we're one of the higher schools, whereas with like Nike or someone else, we would be just a middling or lower end of that kind of deal with them. So we may not get as much. What, what I think is it's just the quality of gear that we'd be getting, not necessarily the, the look of it, because I do, I do really like what Under Armour has been, been doing in the last couple of years with uh, our throwback jerseys. I think have been pretty cool. That's definitely been one of the positives. But Which I think you would never get with Nike. I don't necessarily never think that's true. But uh, what, other, uh, what other school of our caliber has gotten something like that from Nike? I have no idea. Exactly. I, don't, I don't really know the in-depth throwback things that nike does truly i don't know i'm sure there are i just think from a recruiting aspect it they recruits the people that especially football because in the end football's our biggest sport it's gonna bring in so much more money than any other sport it's not even close and we want to be competitive in football we want to be competitive in other sports too they are important and but to the to the monetary benefit of south carolina i feel like this this deal is just not what we need long term. No, no, no. For the monetary benefit, like we're getting just as much money as we would get from any other school. And then I mean we're clearly getting more money from Under Armour or else we would be signing with Nike and things like that. But I, I mean, I get that like I, I get what you're saying. Like I, I I get that there is like a better quality, like with Nike products and like Under Armour. And I mean I don't I don't wear their cleats i don't do anything athletic but like i've bought product at both school or not schools at both brands and like i do agree that like the quality and stuff is better at nike but in my opinion like if you really think that we aren't like hitting the highest capability that we could hit as a football program because we are with under armor and not nike I just think that's ridiculous. Oh no, I, I I don't I don't I don't think you you are. I think we're agreeing on the aspect that it doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things. Truly, I don't care if we stick with Under Armour, but if we do get dropped, I don't necessarily think it's the worst thing in the world. In the unless end, we sign I, with Adidas. unless we sign with Adidas, then then it's then it's very bad for for obvious reasons. If and if you don't know, I'm I'm, I'm just sorry. But I, I, if I can interject real quick, I think I mean, what, what helps right. us is we have a good yeah. mutual relationship with Under Armour. Like we both promote each other. And a lot of the problem with what Cal and UCLA are going through right now is not really advertising Under Armour as like their brand, right? It's kind of just like a secret of like, oh, you know, you can we're, we're going to have your logo on our jerseys and stuff, but we're not really going to have you like in the stadium or do anything with like your brand 
outside of athletics, right? Like we have a kind of a good relationship, good sponsorship with Under Armour and we promote each other, which makes it better, which makes it more likely for us to let me give us stuff if we're going to actually promote their brand and positive vibes with them, right? helps out so yeah i guess i guess in the end my, my point is not necessarily that it's the most important thing in the world I, I think in the end it's a brand that we're playing with and that we get like we have a decent deal with so i i can't necessarily say with like certainty that switching would be a better thing but i i do feel like it's, it's not a sexy name to be with under armor and to go somewhere else wouldn't be the worst thing in the world i don't really know what the deal with under armor is right now whether or not they're just losing money and that's why they're ditching. I don't know if anybody knows the specific reasons why they're falling out with UCLA and Cal, but I I guess I'm just interested to see where we go from here. There's still five years on our contract. And at this point I would not be, um, I I would be surprised if they switch. I mean, I think it's probably too early to like freak out about like the whole thing. Like when it comes to us, I don't know if a lot of people are freaking out. I think a lot of people are more like overly optimistic with what comes from it. Um, I guess because I know there's a lot of people in the fan base. There's a lot of people in the fan base that just like, they want to blame everything. And I think that like Under Armour gets thrown underneath that bus. Um, Especially, I mean, and it's like, especially with like, I guess the, the recent jump in, recruiting ability of unc and they're like well unc has jordan that must be it well unc also has mac brown uh who is a phenomenal phenomenal coach like just based off of like the history and the stats and then like yeah unc has jordan but jordan went to unc so yeah they're gonna give unc like better stuff you know more more of like a thing like we're not gonna get that if we made that kind of jump um i I mean i just i think just some people want to point a finger i don't think it's that bad so you're saying that Under Armour is not the reason we're going for it? We went four and eight last year because that's just blasphemy. Everyone knows it's completely on the apparel. Yeah, yeah. Switching yeah. to Nike, easy fifteen and zero. Yeah, uh, Clemson has Nike. Alabama has Nike. Easy. <laughs> I mean, it just it just means more. Yeah. Nah. Uh, yeah, we've talked about this a little bit. I think on an, a previous podcast episode. It, in the end, until something actually happens, I think this is all just talk. It just came up a lot this week because, hey, there's no freaking sports. So yeah, we're just going to keep waffling about things <laughs> as we get closer that probably wouldn't matter if there was actual college football on. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, I mean, if there is money problems with Under Armour it, and they are going to look at, I mean, what does any business do when there's when there's money issues? They look at, you know, the money that they're spending and where they get their return of investment. And if there's a place that they don't see that there's a good return of investment, they're going to cut that. You know, they're going to do what they can to cut that. And from what it sounds like, those two schools don't give them that. I don't. I don't see that being a problem with our relationship with with Under Armour. I think that we get a, a perfectly fine return of investment to them. I don't see them dropping us until like the doors are closing at the at the company. I guess the only other things we we have a couple I guess a couple more things to talk about. Uh just a quick NBA update as it seems like it's the most imminent sport to return here as uh the Orlando bubble is just 29 days away from the, from the start. Uh there's been a couple more players say that they're not uh planning on participating in the Orlando tournament. Um probably more to come at this point as well as many who've who've uh, tested positive for uh, COVID uh, in this, as well as in college football. A bunch of schools have had a, a bunch of outbreaks and stuff, which uh, there's a lot of different dimensions to that, but I guess it, it could be a good thing that it's happened early. But uh, in terms of the NBA, the J.R. Smith has signed with uh, the Lakers, which has just brought back a wave of memes this week. Is, so, is it really I, surprising anybody that that happened? No, no not at all. I, I I knew he would get picked up by somebody, and the Lakers seemed. I mean, he 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 probably. It, it just. I think it's just a good fit for him there. Uh, but there's there's been a lot of pr- pretty unnotable signings outside of that. I mean, J.R. Smith's not going to be somebody that comes in and and probably does anything. Is special. I mean, he's yeah, he's he's not well, on the team it, for a reason. Okay, there's a difference between special and memorable. Let's just make that very clear. Oh yeah, 
What he what so, he did in the uh, in the finals was both special and one, memorable. 20, uh, 2018 game one. Do we? I would say that was a pretty special moment from him there. Uh, I, I think. Well, I'm excited to see the the dynamic there between. I mean, having him back with LeBron in a playoff run and just. I mean, there's definitely a relationship there that is pretty memorable, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be funny to watch. Yeah, Vince Carter also calling it a career, so uh, I think he he had to have been the longest tenured current player. Yeah, in the he NBA, was right? he was the last player. He was, uh, was about twenty years, twenty twenty one years, something like that. He, he was the last player drafted. In Jonas the Haslam is now the oldest player in the NBA. Really? Yeah, and he's old too. Yeah, didn't have Frank Martin coach him? I want to say think so. Yes, yes, I believe yeah. so. Like high school basketball, a nice little uh, circle there connection yep. there to. Uh, yep. But yeah, I, I figure we'll we'll end this podcast with a little bit of uh, Tyler Tyler talk on uh, his his favorite sport. Yep. I, I, uh, as a South Carolina, a Columbia based podcast, cannot let this week go by without a quick mention, a quick shout out to Columbia's own Dutch Fork's own Dustin Johnson uh, taking home the. Uh, the Travelers Championship this past weekend in Connecticut as pretty, uh, pretty. I mean, y'all are gonna, y'all are gonna be shot. Pretty lame event. Uh, I mean, in golf without fans can be really good, but this was this past week seemed pretty stale. Uh, but still good. You know, someone's got to win, and if someone's gonna win, get to see a Columbia standout take it home. And then, uh, um, and then also just a quick shout out to another Columbia native and Gamecock, uh, former Gamecock athlete Wesley Bryan. Uh, had a good week. Uh, he's not quite a superstar status like Dustin Johnson, but uh, but coming off of you know uh, not playing for a while on tour because of injury, and had a had a uh, had a um, I guess he finished twenty fourth, fiddled with a, a top ten, which was a pretty solid week for him. Um, so big week for Dutch Fork alumni and um, and and Colombian natives. All right, so uh, that wraps up everything that we've got here for. Uh, um, for this week's podcast catch us back for episode 27 and hope you have a great week